Welcome to Because We Make, the podcast about making, creativity, and why we do what we do as makers and creatives. I'm your host, Vincent Ferrari, and joining me as always, my good friend and co-host, Ethan Carter. What is up, Vincent? How you doing, man? I am doing great, brother. I'm doing great. It's, you know, it's spring. It's, uh, it's starting to get warm. Days are longer. I love I it. Didn't bring, I didn't bring a jacket to work today. Ah, uh, that's nice, isn't it? Oh, like dude. the first day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, it, you, just, you just feel human. You start, I'm starting to feel human again. It's yeah, amazing. No, even, even just walking down to the mailbox without a jacket is just like so nice. It's, I don't of know course, what it is. It's like five minutes of outside time and without a jacket. Just mm, Of nice. course, I got a hoodie with my um, design on it right around the time that the weather got nice because I can't predict yeah. anything apparently. <laughs> yeah. So. No, I, yeah. I, I, I ordered a couple hoodies for my uh, just test hoodies with my own logo on them. And then mm-hmm. I got actually I got one of um, uh, Make Something. He has red hoodies now, so I was like, eh, I got the April the discount, so I got one of those. So I'm like, I I probably have four or five new hoodies that I'm not going to use until for like eight months. But so for but those, I have, <laughs> oh sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, no, sorry. I was gonna say for those of you playing along, we are Ethan and I are both trying out Printful. Yeah. Um, and I got to tell you, I got I got I got a t-shirt. Beth got a t-shirt. Um, I got a coffee mug that I screwed up the design of, so I have a, a one-off. Um, but it's now it's fixed. Yeah, basically. And we, I ordered myself a hoodie and I got to tell you that American apparel hoodie. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. So which hoodie did you go with? American apparel? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I figured it was worth the extra. Cause when people see American apparel, they're a little more willing to pay. Right. I'm yeah, learning. Well, very- I also got a shirt of yours i saw and 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 you plugged it so nicely today i appreciate that so much no i love it man i love it i want i mean more than the shirt i I love the design so i I was super stoked to get it so i'm i'm really happy with the design and i gotta tell you it's um it's a little bigger than i thought it was gonna be (laughs) i I didn't plan the size very well i like it but it looks cool and i saw you got you had yours today and then um as mary lou was taking was on leg one of her trip oh, around yeah, the yeah, country yeah. she had hers and i was like oh my shirt is showing up in other people's stories this there you is go. so cool i know I, I i know it's a little thing i know people make merch all the time but i've never done it like i've never designed a shirt that other people have worn so seeing something i drew as i was learning how to use procreate um but seeing it on other people it just mm-hmm. it's it's really freaking it's cool. gotta be cool yeah it's it, really it's, cool it's funny then i mean you've i have I, I've been testing out t-shirts of my own design on myself for like a year and a half. It's, it's the same thing I do with everything, right, Vincent? Like mm-hmm. I, I, so I'm procrastinating. So there's, I, there's been probably about 10 shirts made with Ethan Carter designs on them. And I'm the, me and actually Bettina, I made one for Bettina. Uh, so we're the only people that own them. So someday, someday my shirts might be available out there, but we'll see. So like you'll get your, you'll be able to do your own maker mail. Maker, yeah. I think I did once. I think cause I forgot. And it was like last minute, it was like seven fifty. I was like, uh, and I was wearing my own shirt. So I think, <laughs> I, I think I've already plugged my own, uh, maker, maker shirt Monday for Ethan. Carter. I actually, I got the, I don't know if I had it last week or not. I don't think I did but i got the first um sample of the squad poster too oh yeah 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 and i love this thing and then everybody that said they would order one i'm glad i didn't pre-order them because all y'all that said you were going to order them you ain't got in touch with me even though i told you to get in touch with me so um yeah that's all right i have the one that exists and it's fine love it no it's very cool though it yeah i'll tell you i've just been leaning into the the art thing and enjoying it exactly so yeah so our guest this week is very interesting to me. Yes, I want to set this. T- I want to set the table here. <laughs> set the table. Um, 
you're you you open to soft music and beautiful soft lighting and classy looking jewelry and just a set of hands making beautiful things and a beautiful young woman comes on the screen and starts talking to you and she has the most calm soothing voice ever and then the next thing you see is what is she making a mug that says manifest that shit and <laughs> the juxtaposition of this cool it's like almost cottage core vibe mm-hmm. and yet there's this edge to it it's just the greatest thing in the world and i found her through believe it or not as usual youtube suggestions came through again i was watching a bunch of videos and i was wondering suggest- if it was that or the glowforge but, you know yeah it, well, it so it was it was the YouTube suggestion algorithm found her, okay. and then one of the things she was making was something that I actually make, which is jewelry. So it was right. just a natural, a natural bonding happened, and I was like, <laughs> and I made her my thing of the week, the the day, the Monday after I found her vlog. So our guest this week is Tana, and I got it right <laughs> from Potty Mouth Jewelry. Hi, Tana. Hey, Tana. Hi. <laughs> you are you are one of the most interesting people. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so I mean I really I'm trying to paint the picture here for those of you that that haven't seen your work, but it's this incredibly charming and I like your your slogan of um swear words but cute. <laughs> because I really do think that is exactly the right way to describe your stuff. Like it's this smiley positive motivating and cute colorful and then you know <laughs> there's one po- i can't even say one of them but my 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 favorite sticker of yours says calm the f down <laughs> but it's in this like it looks like an invitation for a birthday party for like <laughs> right. a seven-year-old yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's 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 almost like cognitive dissonance to look at the stuff you make. And I absolutely <laughs> so, love it. So some of my favorite things are like, there's some of the jewelry that you make is just, I mean, it's, it's absolutely beautiful, of mm-hmm. course. Um, and it look, I mean, it's, it's, you know, it's silver, it, these, you know, silver um, pendants and stuff like that. And it's just, it's so perfect that when you zoom in on it, right. <laughs> it has these, really fun sayings i'll put, i'll leave it at that mm-hmm. these fun things that you never expect from that and i think that's such it's such a unique uh niche and um and a- angle i love it i think it's so brilliant because it's a to your point it's like junk juxtaposition right it's you, you're expecting one thing and you get it in there and it's another thing and it just makes you crack up right mm-hmm. so do you get that reaction? Do you get that reaction a lot where people are like, I I love that this is like a beautiful stainless steel bangle. And I love that when people look up close at it, they have a crazy reaction to it. <laughs> yeah, I do get that a lot, especially at in-person events. People oh, are that, like, oh yeah. look at this pretty jewelry. And then they look at it and they're like, whoa, okay. Whoa. <laughs> but they love it because they're like, I can't wait to wear this and have my friends see it and then get up close and be like, bam. <laughs> right, right. Well, and it's, and it's, it's, it's such an amazing way of setting your stuff apart. Mm-hmm. while not making it have to be like so out there like the design mm-hmm. itself is still so elegant it can be so elegant but then it still has this side of it that like if to your point if i was at a, a craft fair or you know any kind of event and 
I looked around at all the other jewelry makers and I came up to like that. You have that thing that 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 thing that brings you in, and that, like I would buy yours because it's so unique. Mm-hmm. Even though it looks might look similar to others, it has that unique twist to it. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that was my intention from the start, just to make it minimal, subtle, because not everyone wants everyone to be able to read what they're wearing on their wrist or on their right. neck. Some people thank me because they're like, "Oh, I can actually wear this to like school or to work, and and not have it be in people's faces." And and a lot of the phrases are also motivational phrases, Mm -hmm. inspirational phrases, phrases for people that are going through a hard time and not necessarily everyone wants that to be out there. Mm -hmm. A billboard of it. Yeah. mm -hmm. They just want it to to be like a nice reminder for themselves. So I really kept it in mind for people who, who wanted that. I I love that. And I don't, I honestly don't, I don't think it would work if it was, if it was in your face and big, Mm -hmm. it'd be, it just like, it wouldn't have, well, there might be still be some people that like it, but I, I think it loses its charm or its you know its appeal for the broader audience. One, I don't know. one of your best one of your best pendants one of your best pendants is the bar pendant that says "too close." I mean, yeah, 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 yeah. I love that. <laughs> and yeah. t- you know, it's funny because before it used to just mean you were a space invader, and now it means you might get the coof. You know, <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> right, right, right. yeah, that was my social distancing collection. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. <laughs> You are, you are, you're, you found such an interesting niche. I'm curious to see how you, I know what's really funny is, uh, was it last weekend you did a and a and I'm like, oh no, these are all the questions I want to ask. But then I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Cause I'm going to, I'm going to assume that we're introducing you to a new audience. So why don't we talk first about how you got into jewelry making and then how that evolved into what became potty mouth jewelry? Uh, So I was always pretty crafty as a kid, but I went down the traditional route work-wise just because my parents wanted me to have, you know, something stable. (laughs) Like I did music and art, but... Um, they're like, just, you know, just get a degree with like computers or web development or graphic design. And, and, you know, so you can have a stable job and not worry about anything. And then if you're still passionate about that stuff later on, then, then you can do that if you really want to. And of course I took that path since that's what they recommended. And I just got really bored with my nine to five. I couldn't really be creative. I also didn't like working for other people. I just, I don't know. I don't like listening to... (laughs) to people above me or I was just never in an environment where I had like a leader or a boss that was willing to listen to my input and advice like I always find that funny like they're hiring you to help them but then they don't want to listen to you no they just want they basically just want point and shoot people like I want to point you here and just you do that you do that they want they want an army of bodies basically Exactly. So I just started picking up crafts on the side, taking trips to Michael's, um, checking out Etsy because Etsy was pretty new then. And I was like, okay, like Etsy seems really cool. Let me see if I can craft something and, and try to sell stuff on there. And at Michael's, I was always gravitated towards like the beads and the natural stones. And I wanted to make like I, I forget what they're even called, like Shambhala style bracelet or Malabid bracelets. Yeah, yep. Yeah, the like the ones that you kind of do like the macrame knots or the ones on on stretch beads. So mm-hmm. I started off with that. But it took months before I got my first sale on Etsy and I was just so excited. And I think that's really what what 
you know, lit the fire inside of me. I was like, wow, I made something and someone bought it. Right. <laughs> so once amazing. that happens, it's over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, I can make money off of this? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And um, I, I really wanted to have a product that I felt super confident in and that was very durable. With the knotted bracelets, I always struggled making the ends, um, like the sliding knot, and I felt like it would eventually come apart. So I was like afraid to sell those. With the stretch cord, stretch beaded bracelets, I was always afraid. Like I have really big wrists. And I always have those break on me when I put them on. I'm like, oh my gosh, what if that happens to a customer? So walking around Michael's, I just came across the impress art section with the cuff bracelets and the stamps. And I was like, well, let me do this because metal isn't as easy to break. So I tried that out. And then uh, I'm super sensitive to just like random metals and Michael's like, or the Impress Art brands, they don't really say what's in it. They just say it's like an alloy. And I'm like, but what is it actually? God only knows. (laughs) So sterling silver was too expensive. So I didn't want to go down that route because I'm just starting out. And then I came across aluminum, which is supposedly is less likely to cause a reaction than sterling silver. Mm -hmm. So, and it's much more affordable. So I started stamping that, but then I was struggling stamping. So I was like, okay, how do I keep doing this in a way that won't make a bunch of noise that I won't keep messing up the bracelets. (laughs) And I searched super hard online and finally came across a stamping machine Oh, yeah, yeah I want to ask you about this. Yeah. The, the, by the way, this is some that was on my list of questions yeah, to me ask too, you about was that stamping yeah. machine yep. because that thing is cool as hell. Yep. <laughs> I love that. Like I probably would have given up so quickly if I didn't have that machine. It helps a lot. <laughs> I have a whole bunch of the Impress Art stuff. I've never gotten a good stamp using a mallet and a block with it. So I've just I've kind of, I have a box, literally a box of it. I bought a whole bunch of it and it's just sitting here because I can't get a good stamp out of it. So I'm thinking like, oh, maybe that might be the thing. So yeah, can I ask you about, so is the press, so I have an Arbor press, which is basically just a a press that adds a lot of torque based on leverage and all those types of things. Is is that basically what it is? Or is there any kind of, there's no like uh, hydraulics or anything like that in it, right? Tana? Can you hear me? Oh, oh now we can. Yep, we got you now. Okay, cool. Um, but no, it's basically just a handle that you put down, so it's so not it's, actually connected yeah. to anything. Okay, so it sounds, I mean, it seems, Vincent, kind of like a Arbor Press, only designed for... Yeah, and it, it's yeah. got this weird... So when I saw her use it um, the first time, I was like, that is really cool. And it's yeah, got it's this... Awesome. It looks like it's got a special jaw that can hold the Impress Art stamps in it or some kind it's, of compatible it's actually magnetic stamp. so oh, you can pretty wow. much use any stamp i usually use from like one millimeter up to four or five millimeters it does start to struggle when it's past five millimeters but my tiny stamps are like one and a half millimeters so it works yeah, perfect for right. that oh, wow. but yeah it, it is really awesome that you can just like it, it's quick just magnetic just stick it on there and you're good to go I wonder, do you think, do you know if they sell like that attachment, the magnetic attachment separately? Uh, I I have no idea. <laughs> so the reason I'm, I'm thinking, Vincent, is like, if I could get, uh, if I could get 
uh, Austin to to make a th- make my Arbor Press threaded, and I could get that attachment. Oh, That'd be I awesome. have had people comment on my YouTube channel that, or, or asking what c- type of stamping machine that I have because they have the Arbor Press and they say that they don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> mine, yeah no. mine was pretty pricey. It was almost a thousand dollars, probably oh, wow. after taxes, a thousand dollars. But it is just so worth the investment. Like right. some people ask me, like, how can you afford that? And I'm like, sometimes in business, you just got to bite the bullet and, 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 right. and just go for it because it's going to help you so much in the long run. Without that stamping machine, I would not be where I'm at today because I just would have given up because like Vincent said, with a hammer, it's like, it's so inconsistent and you, you don't always get the depths right. Sometimes, you didn't stamp hard enough so you try to stamp again and then you get like the double, double stamping yeah, yeah. I, yeah no i think but i think that's like a, a really stylistic good... choice when i do it <laughs> yeah exactly right i meant to do that no but i think that, i mean that's a really good point it's uh and you know to be honest if if i went back i would i probably wouldn't have gotten the arbor press i probably would have gotten an actual weatherworking press made for what it's supposed to and but you're it's it's the buy once cry once right and I so I, I and you know what I guarantee you've made back that thousand dollars way faster than you would than you know than you would have if you'd gotten something else and then you still would have had to upgrade to this eventually right so yeah exactly yeah yeah totally makes a lot of sense so you you buy this you buy this fantastic machine and you start making you start making jewelry with it and where does it go from there so uh. I started out with aluminum and one issue that I was having is that aluminum is a super soft metal mm-hmm. and sometimes when I would when I would stamp certain letters um, especially like the eye, since it's such a straight line people were having their bracelets break directly on that letter. Oh, like oh. a weekend dip. Mm-hmm. So I never even thought of that. That's, yeah, neither did I. Yeah. Oh wow, that's like yeah, it's like putting it's basically like putting a cut line mm-hmm. in the bangles. I never even thought of that. Wow. So so I was like, what else? <clears throat> excuse me. What else can I use that is also hypoallergenic and won't tarnish? Because I I really did like that aluminum never changed colors and that mm-hmm. it was less likely to react to people's skin than sterling silver. And then I just thought of stainless steel. Like I was thinking of what does my mom wear because she has super sensitive skin. She's albino. She's allergic to everything. And she mentioned that that stainless steel always worked perfectly for her. So I just tried to search for a stainless steel blanks on Etsy because there are a lot of shops that sell blanks. And I basically just ordered a handful from a bunch of shops because uh, blanks vary so much from from the metal suppliers and the cutters and the quality of them. And I just kept ordering until I found my favorite. And um, stainless steel is super hard to press because it's such a hard metal, but the stamping machine works perfectly with that. If I didn't have the stamping machine, I probably wouldn't have been able to make that switch. Yeah, that was, it was interesting when you were talking about it in your Q&A, you said it took you two years to find your current supplier. Yeah, uh, I had issues with just consistency in suppliers. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. sometimes I think they like know that if you're ordering for the first time, they're really good at picking <laughs> right, what they're right. sending you to <laughs> yeah. try to get you hooked. And then the more you order, the more the quality just keeps decreasing. And and sometimes I still do have issues now, but luckily they, they're really willing to work with me and, and fix it. But 
But yeah, it, it did take a long time. The main issue that I was having is suppliers not getting rid of the burr when they were cutting mm. the shape of the blank. So it was just really sharp on the edges. Oh, and wow. I'm like, I'm not going to have someone uh, try to sue me because their bracelet right. <laughs> cut their wrist or something. <laughs> so No, I think that's uh, consistently is that's such an important thing, especially when you're trying to make a lot of the same things. I'm stating the obvious, but but no, but I've, I've noticed that with, with leather too is. Some, I'm like, it's not even the the quality of the leather. It's it's like being able to guarantee, like if you're ordering, it happened when I made a bunch of hand uh, drawer handles for, some, for someone that was making mass producing uh, drawer, uh, desks. And I'm like, it's not even the quality of the leather. It's just, I can trust that this leather will be the same every time I get it. Mm-hmm. And that, like you can't put it, I mean, that, that's super important. And I totally understand that. Like that makes a huge difference being able to, um, can be able to deliver consistent uh, products every time. Like it's, yeah, it's super important. Yeah, especially if you have returning customers, you don't right. want them to order from you one month and then they order a few months later or even a year later and and be like, oh, wow, your quality like has really decreased since the last time I ordered from you. So Or they order three pieces and it's three different quality <laughs> levels, yeah, which is right. even worse. That's the worst thing you could mm-hmm. possibly do. Yeah, yeah it's, it's interesting because I don't think people who – aren't in the space that we're in, namely selling things, right? Um, I don't think people realize that, you know, being consistent with your stuff. I mean, if it gets better, I think people are okay with that. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. I ordered and look how much better your stuff got. But if it's like, I ordered and, oh, you're clearly cutting corners now. (laughs) It's like, that doesn't (laughs) look so good. But it's right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's not my fault, right? I mean, that's, it's only my fault because I let it go out the door that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. But but let's talk about that for a sec. That's funny. Good. Ethan, you you gave me a you <laughs> threw me a beautiful segue softball <laughs> and I'm going to swing and hit that bad boy right out the park. <laughs> so last week, Tana, you had a, a sale on your site mm-hmm. with stuff that and, and this was the greatest thing in the world. You're like on Instagram, you're showing off the stuff and you're like, yeah, see, there's a little dent on this. And I'm like, what? <laughs> where? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Get out the magnifying glass. Wait, where? Right. And I, I know what it's from because I, you know, I do, I have to take the masking off the stuff from the Glowforge too. And every once in a while, I'll absentmindedly dig in with my nail. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, you dumbass. You can't. <laughs> so what I've got, I've actually made part of my process now. After I weed all the masking off something that I engrave, I actually just resand it real lightly just to get all the scratches off. But it was really funny because you're like, yeah, there's this little white dot right here. And I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> But that's so, that's the quality, right? But I that's why yeah. I think that's why you you've been right. as successful as you've been because you're kind of um, a quality control expert now. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I still struggle with it. I'm pretty much a perfectionist, even with the hand stamping. Like hand stamping, it's supposed to look more rustic. It's supposed to look handmade. Mm. But I've gotten to the point where I stamp so straight <laughs> that it looks like it's engraved. Like I've put a poll on Instagram before and, and I'm like, do you know that I individually hand stamp <laughs> these letters? And they're like, no, really? Like I it's, thought it was engraved. <laughs> it's really funny because I saw your I saw your stuff and I'm like, okay, I know what those bar pendants are like to stamp the aluminum ones. I've not even dealt with the stainless steel ones. I'm like, <laughs> I know what this stuff is like to stamp with the impressed art stamps. There's no way she's doing that. And then in one video, you pull out the block of, st- and I'm like, no freaking way. I am totally <laughs> shamed right now. <laughs> yeah. People are like, how do you align it so well? I'm like, I don't know. I just eyeball it. Well, no, that, that, was, that was my other question is the exact question. Like, I don't know how you, like, that's always been my issue with, Again, I'm 
hate to keep bringing it back to it, but that's what I do is leather. Like anytime I've tried to do stamps with leather, I can't, it's either not aligned or the, I, I, the letters are crooked. I, I it's like, it's amazing that you do that by eye. I guess that's my, <laughs> my main point is, is you're incredible. I love it. That's the greatest. So flat. <laughs> my that just, point is you're incredible. Okay. <laughs> that goes to show how long I've had the stamping machine though. Like I've had a lot of practice. I've gotten to the point where at events I'll even offer custom on the spot stamping. Just wow. I noticed I've done that. it so much. Wow. Yeah. So in, in your vlog, I wanted to talk about that. So you're, I, yeah, this is your first podcast. Okay. Whatever. Um, so <laughs> I know this is right on the vlog on the vlog this week you said you were talking about how you prepare and what you bring and you there was so much in that video I was like wow if I was going to do a craft fair I would literally take a notepad <laughs> and rewatch that video because you you think of I mean I know you said you've been doing it a while and clearly that's where the think of everything comes from but you had some stuff in there and then you go and you know what? This one I'm going to offer on demand. St- and I'm like, you're going to do on demand stamping at the show. <laughs> and I'm I'm just like, is she freaking crazy? <laughs> so I know the I know the why. I know the why. Right? The why is it, it sets you apart. It gets people who may may want you to just do something custom, especially with the bar pendants. Somebody always has a name or something that they want to put on it. I get that, but. What in God's name gave you the crazy ass idea to say, I'm going to start doing this at shows too, aside from just selling stuff? Like, how long does it take you to typically do a, par- a bar pendant that you could do this efficiently while you're doing sales at the booth? Oh no, we've lost her again. What is oh. going on? Oh, there Sorry. we go. Okay. Sorry, there is one of the doors in the house has like these little jingling things on it. And <laughs> I was opening the door, I was like, let me mute it because I don't want like jingle bells <laughs> on the podcast. Uh, if, it, if it was a Christmas episode, it'd be perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my parents' house. I think she just left it on there from Christmas. <laughs> Anyways, I was, I was trying to say that it depends on the length of the phrase. The bar pendants are easier because it can only fit like 12 to 15 characters. Mm-hmm. But usually it takes me about five to 10 minutes. And uh, the good thing is that it's a, the festivals I attend are beer festivals. So usually people are just walking around and getting samples of beers. So if I do have like a, like a wait list of items, I'll just say like, oh, okay, I have a couple of customs in front of yours. So just, you know, go enjoy some beers and then come back in like 20, 30 minutes. But, and, and then they don't even notice if it's crooked, right? So I think. <laughs> no, they yeah. <laughs> By the time they get a couple of, be- of beers in them, if it looks straight, it is straight. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do a pretty good job. I-, I have messed up a couple times and then I just remake it and that's just the cost of business, whatever. But um, but it-, it does help me feel a lot better that they get to see it in person right. and I tell them like, hey, look at it, make sure that it looks good, that everything was spelled correctly if it was like a name or a date or something. So it is nice to have that instant approval because when you're sending customs um from from your office to customers from online orders you're always left wondering like are they gonna like right. it are they gonna leave oh a good God. review a bad review the worst right. thing in the world is when you ship something to a customer and you hear nothing and it was really funny aj from um sawdust nation podcast was actually talking about this a couple of weeks ago and he's like i sent us i sent this whole thing that this customer ordered he paid i never heard from him and i don't know if i should bother going back and trying to see if they liked it or not 
And then a couple of weeks later, he's like, I just couldn't wait. I had to ask, like, are you okay with what you ordered? <laughs> so <laughs> it's really funny, though. Like, I, I am like, I know I watch Shippo. When I ship something, I sit there on Shippo that day that I know it's going to arrive. And I go on like 50 times a day just to see if it got there. And then the, usually if I don't hear from them by the time I'm eating dinner that night, I'll message them like, hey, you know, just want to make sure I saw that it got there. I just want to make sure everything's okay. And usually it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's great. I just didn't have a chance. to. I'm like, okay, nope, fine. Good, good. I just want to make sure because I am neurotic. So I want to make sure everything's okay. <laughs> right, right. Basically, no news is good news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, just, yeah, it yeah, does yeah. seem right. that way. Yeah. I got one... Um, one set of coasters I sent out once the um, the stand I used dowels as the stand and it broke, and she messaged me that night and she's like, "Hey, your the coasters came today and I love them." I'm like, "Oh, awesome!" She goes, "But one but one of the arms on the stand broke," and I'm like, "Oh, all right, I'll remake it," you know. And it's it's like you said, it's a cost of doing business. It's something that you just assume is going to happen from time to time. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously you don't want it to happen constantly, but if it only happens every once in a while, it's not the end of the world. So. Yeah. And it's awesome when they reach out and, and actually let you know that there's an issue. <laughs> Cause yeah. in, in, in like a, in a nice way, like, mm-hmm. right. Cause if that happens, like, first of all, all I'm, I'm sure all three of us, we take pride in our work. Right. So mm-hmm. the last thing I want is for someone to be unhappy mm-hmm. for a legitimate reason, not for a well, unreasonable expectations, but for a legitimate reason, I would never want someone to get something that I made and, and have it be broken or whatever and have them not tell me that would i i would hate that i don't know Mm -hmm. and on the flip side you also want to make sure that you make it right right away because you know right right people are a lot more likely to talk negative than they are to talk positive of course i mean it's just the way it is so Mm -hmm. even if you look at reviews like the reviews that you see online for things you know it's much easier to find a negative review a lot of times than is fine in fact they usually have to ask for positive reviews it's Mm -hmm. like hey yeah, can you review that? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Amazon. I don't know if people. I don't know if people know this. I'm maybe peeling back the kimono a little bit on how it works to be a big a big Amazon seller. But I worked for one of the largest um, cellular accessory and electronics um, sellers on Amazon. That's on Amazon. Well, they were when I was working there, anyway. And we had a system that, like, we knew when your order got delivered. And then within a day or two, if you didn't leave feedback, our system would pull your email and then send you an email and say, hey, could you send – because could you do a review? Because we knew that you know it's very – those reviews are everything. Like if you're mm-hmm. not getting reviews, it's nice that you do in sales. But if you're not getting reviews on the sales, then they don't matter. The it, sales it's it's just so funny that you say nothing. that, Vincent. So like – and I'm – I mean I, I don't often leave reviews and that's just who I am. And – but – um, but I got literally, so I got, I think it was a lens cleaner, like spray lens glass cleaner, um, a, f- a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago. And, you know, I got the things on Amazon saying, please review or whatever. And then I actually got a letter in the mail this week from the, com- from the person. And he was like, thank you for your order. Um, like I'm really proud of my product. Uh, but if I don't get reviews, I'm going to I'm going to have to get off of Amazon and, and everything I invested goes away. That might be overdramatic. But at the same time, like I was like, I didn't think about that from his perspective, like mm-hmm. uh, from a small company. And I and I don't think about that on Amazon enough. Right. There there are some people on Amazon that aren't huge corporations. Right. And in and I was and the second I got that letter and whether it's a spam letter or not, I went on and I gave him a, a you know, a review and and 
moved on. But like, it is funny though that the reviews, just like um, reviews on podcasts or anything like that. Well, I was just going to say that it's are, funny that we yeah. every week we tell people, right. you know, if you can, if you can leave a leave a review because that helps us. You know, if you can't support us financially, a review is just as good in a lot of ways. But that, but that, uh, I guess my point is that like, I even if sales are decent. Mm-hmm. There is something on Amazon if you don't get reviews. You, yeah, like, it's it's a big yeah. it's a big freaking deal. Like yeah, it's because they surface they it's weird they have an algorithm that they, it's a, it's a black box you don't know what it does but you know you if you have experience in in electronics or online anything if you make content in any way you understand kind of that there's a, a formula well their formula weighs very heavily with reviews and. If you are the same product as if you're selling the same product as somebody else and you have no reviews, you're gonna be surfaced on page seventeen. Yeah. You know, most people don't get to page two. Yeah, it's all <laughs> about ranking. Yeah. Yep. So one of the things that I told you before we um I think I told you Friday, I said um I was gonna tell you how you inspired me. Mm-hmm. Um and now I'm gonna tell you how you inspired me because this is something <laughs> you take very seriously. Um there's something about your business. That is something I am going to I'm going to do better at, and I've already started doing better at. Um, it's the woman owned part. I'm going to give my no. Um, it's the it's the eco friendly packaging, awesome. and it's really it's something I kind of tangentially thought about, but now I'm working really really hard to get the plastic out entirely. Oh, that's so great! Yeah, it was because I just I saw how passionate you were about it, and I'm like. You're doing most of this, and really, it's only going to be a matter of, like, the tape I use. I use packing tape like normal people, mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but I'm not going to do it anymore. Um, once this is gone, I'm going to get one of those those wet tape tape applicator machines. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to get the nice one that Bailey J has because that damn thing is a thirteen hundred bucks. But I am going to get one of those lever ones that just put out the reinforced paper tape, and that's also a branding opportunity because then I can get paper tape with my logo on it. Yeah, and I was gonna, I was just gonna say, Sticker Mule makes uh, that, yeah, that yeah. stuff. Yeah, um, and I'm not gonna use bubble wrap anymore. I'm gonna once I'm done with this round of bubble wrap, I'm gonna really double down on using paper as packing material and stuff. But you really made me think about it, and it it was kind of interesting to see someone because that packaging, you know, we so talk. Are, we, about are you product- talking like packaging, like packaging, like the the box and the yes. and the and the bubble wrap type, all stuff of it, packaging. yeah, all of it, and. You really did get me thinking about it because we talk about product packaging, but I've never really considered like, oh, that you should probably use less pa- less plastic if possible. So how did that like you, you clearly something inspired that. So where did that come from? Um, I uh I I hate to mention this because I don't want to be like stereotypical, but <laughs> oh boy. but I'm I'm vegan i'm a plant-based vegan and that's just something that like it happens naturally in the in the vegan community mm-hmm. and they're always bringing that up even with food like they want food that isn't wrapped in plastic or or mm-hmm. that they come in boxes or are like vegan food bloggers and vloggers when they're receiving packaging from the company they just always mention like oh the packaging is plastic free or when they do like a a grocery haul they're like oh i'm buying the the fruits themselves from the stands not the prepackaged fruits because i'm trying to be more eco-friendly and and i think just 
I I already had that mindset like <laughs> going into my business. That's great. The That's one mistake that yeah. that I did was I when I ordered my mailers, I ordered the plastic bubble mailers. Yeah. But they were made from. 100 recycled 100 recycled plastics and i was like okay great like this is eco-friendly because it was made from recycled plastics Mm -hmm. but then i realized it's still plastic if this person doesn't recycle it and throws it away in the trash can it's just going to end up in a landfill and that's never going to decompose because it doesn't matter if it's made from 100 recycled plastic it's still plastic Right. right. You're still putting so, plastic back in the waste stream when mm-hmm. you're done with it. So once um, once I I did some research and came across Eco Enclose and saw like how how many mailers they had and they have like the padded mailers that are stuffed with like little bits of newspaper and whatnot. Mm-hmm. That was where I switched everything over to be as plastic free as possible. And it, and it took some time. Like I remember I would still ship some boxes with regular packing tape, and and it like it doesn't click like oh this is plastic too you know exactly right 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 (laughs) like you you forget even stickers like the shipping labels or the stickers that you put on your boxes and and it's it's a learning curve that you don't realize how non-eco-friendly a lot of the things that you're receiving in the mail are I well, it's, 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 it's like people that go off sugar too. Like there's sugar in <laughs> bread, right? There's sugar in every, like there's sugar in everything. No, but I mean, like, right? it's true. Like, I mean, it's like going I, I, keto. What do I eat? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. But it's it's it it's one of those things where you don't really know what's in everything until you really really think about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and so it's very interesting that one of the companies I think you said you use No Issue too, also. Right. Um, I was I was sent stuff from No Issue. They oh, sent okay. me their tissue paper, so I haven't actually purchased anything from. So them. I use I use their stickers, and if I remember correctly, their stickers are printed with soy ink, which mm-hmm. I thought was kind of neat. Like it was a it was just such just weird thing because everybody uses like Sticker Mule and Sticker App, which mm-hmm. I think you said you use Sticker App. Uh, thank you for answering my question, by the way. Um, mm-hmm. But you said you use Sticker App, and mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, okay, these. That's cool. That that moved sticker app up in the in the list of potential sticker manufacturers for me because it's like, oh, she's using them, then I know they're good to use. So Well, I use those because it's an actual product. Like the sticker itself is in all of the all of the stickers in my packaging are eco-friendly so that when you receive your order you can recycle everything. Mm-hmm. But the stickers from sticker app, they are waterproof vinyl, so those aren't okay. eco-friendly or recyclable. Gotcha. But it's because in my mindset, like that's an actual product, something that you're going to keep, something that's right. uh, durable and water resistant that you're probably gonna put on your laptop or your water bottle or your car and it's gonna be there for a really long time. Never thought Th- of that. That's a really <laughs> interesting way of thinking about it though, too. It's like, yeah, like what are people immediately going to throw out versus Mm -hmm. something that is a you know it's a pro it's part of the product oh yeah that's that yeah i hadn't i hadn't really thought of it but then Mm -hmm. i realized like but you make resin jewelry dude like you can't get rid of plastic like some of the jewelry (laughs) you make is resin like i see you know you make acrylic and it didn't it it's you're right these are things you don't think about but acrylic is plastic so it's Mm -hmm. like okay yeah but this is a permanent thing this isn't like i'm gonna wear it once and throw it away so it's not 
Oh, I mean, you hope anyway. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend who makes resin trays, and mm-hmm. and um, uh, uh, she says a lot of these Gen Zers on TikTok are hating on me because they're like, "Oh, you're killing the planet because you're making stuff with resin and plastic." And it's like, are you buying my decorative tray to just then put it in the trash can? <laughs> like, it's so durable. Like, I would hope you would keep it for longer than that. Like, you At could probably get- pass it down to your kids. It's like <laughs> it- nothing's gonna happen to it (laughs) you're not you're not justin bieber do you guys remember when justin bieber was like uh what was it calvin klein or whatever he's like i never wear the same pair of underwear once i'm like oh my god he's like throwing out a pair every day i would hope he never wears it twice but if he never wears it once i mean hey that's (laughs) there you go there you go Man, the, the the gems that have come out of yes, this I know, conversation. I know. This is, this is quite the quite the quite the first the one. No one will ever hear, and that's no, even better. It keeps between the three of us. I I love I love your designs overall, um, because they're you know I I know a lot of them like the the bracelets and the the pen some of the pendants are just pre done, but do you do your own artwork for these, for all of these or like? I'm still practicing on my hand lettering skills. I just came across a hand lettering artist um, on Instagram who happens to be on Fiverr and she helps you create designs. Oh, cool. So I just work with her um, and I give her the phrases and the color palettes and kind of like what style font that I want because mm-hmm. I I kind of learned that that I can't let the skills that I don't have yet hold me back from creating new products. And if there is someone out there who is already good at it, then let me support them because mm-hmm. that's her job and she's trying to make a living off of that. So let me just pay her while I'm still practicing and, and you know, honing down on those skills. So can, can we just, I just want to like that. That's if, brilliant. If, 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 and yeah. If we, <laughs> if anyone takes anything away from this episode, that's it. I think that's, that's so brilliant because I think we all try to do sometimes do things, everything ourselves. Right. Mm -hmm. And we're not all good at everything. And sometimes it makes sense to, to farm things out to one, make yourself more efficient. And to your point, while you're learning, it's not, doesn't mean it's forever. Right. But while you're Mm -hmm. learning, farm it out and it allows you to keep creating products. And yeah, I just, I think that's a really, really good uh, message. I don't know. I, I really like that. Very Tim Fer- it's a very Tim Ferriss-y message, <laughs> right? Because Tim Ferriss' big thing is let people, you know, hi- hire someone. One of the things he always says is to hire let um, hire people to mm-hmm. go through your email. And it's like, well, why would I do that? Well, you spend three hours a day going through <laughs> your email. That's why. So right. if you can have a person doing that, that's three hours of your day you just got back. And I'll give you, I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a good example. And this is one Tana can relate to. Um, I today, today... I had two of my employees in my business working. Employee number one was Tweaky, my glow, my um, my (laughs) shape Oko, and employee number two was my Glowforge. And I made, (laughs) I went from a piece of wood to a product this morning, and it's like, yeah, I could have done that by hand, right? But there's no way in hell I would have gotten it done this morning. Mm -hmm. Like, there's just no way. I'm not that fast at doing things, and you know, I hate to say it, but a bit of specialization, you know, my robot employees allow me to do things in a reasonable amount of time that would mm-hmm. take me a hell of a lot longer to do otherwise. So. Well, I, 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 that's, that's exactly it too. That, that's the, uh, the flip side of it is most of the times the things that I'm not good at that I could farm out are the things I also don't really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Right. And so by, by farming them out, I'm allowing myself to stick with what I 
actually am passionate about and enjoy doing. So it's a win-win. I mean, yes, it, like if you look at if you look at just straight margins and numbers without time factored in or quality factored in, you're like, oh, I should be doing this myself, right? <laughs> totally. But, but if you actually think about the time and the quality of what you're getting, it, I guarantee it usually pays for itself by farming it out. If you have someone that you could, you trust and you totally like, like you're like you were saying, Tana. Mm-hmm. I always I always say that the most transformative thing that I added to my shop was my Glowforge, mm-hmm. because there's a level of wow, that's cool that a laser gives you that you don't really get any other way. And one of the things I like doing with it is customizing the cutting boards I make. And that would be a complete pain to try to do with a router or a Dremel if I'm doing these really small engraves. And, you know, I've seen people spin up entire businesses just with the Glowforge. Um, I noticed, Tanny, you use yours about mm-hmm. as much as I use mine. I see, like, I like how you've kind of leaned into the 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 wood, the lasered wood look. Mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of like how your stuff has that clean lasered wood look, I think. I think it's great. Um when you got your Glowforge, were you thinking, oh, God, am I crazy? What did I just buy? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I had that same mindset. Like, you you can't do everything yourself. And if you want to grow, you need to invest in devices that are going to help you grow because there's only so much that one human being can do. Right. Like, if you if you keep trying to, to make everything yourself every day, you're never gonna, you're gonna like cap out, you're never going to make more money each month, because there's only so much you can do. So, so that's the main reason I got the Glowforge. Also, I'm a perfectionist. So I love that you can just like put a file in there (laughs) and that it makes it for you. I'm way (laughs) better at making things on a computer screen than I am at making them in (laughs) Mm -hmm. real life. And the idea that I could just I made I got to I'll put I I'm going to end up putting a picture cuz the customer got it today got it over the weekend but I made this icosahedron pendant and it was one component in the pendant and it's literally half an inch and if you look at this you're like how is that even possible <laughs> to like my original plan was to make this out of brass and cut it with the jeweler saw and I looked at it, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. I got the brass. I put it down on the bench pin and I took out the jeweler's saw and I brought the beeswax up and I'm looking, I'm like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> There's no way you can do this by hand. So I was like, okay, time to get the Glowforge involved. So I immediately, I printed like six of them because I'm like, There's no way these are going to stay together. And I broke two of them <laughs> making the pen. But, and that was just getting the masking off. I broke two of them. But what was amazing was this very delicate, very cool, very small centerpiece of this pendant. It just came out perfect. And I was like, this is the level that some that when you get the tools that you need to do what you need to do, this is the level it puts you at where mm-hmm. everything is possible. Mm-hmm. You know, even if it's a thirteen thousand dollar compound level vice uh, level press, but. You know, it's it's funny because you you know you you were talking about that press and that press is something that allows you to tell a customer, hey, come back in twenty minutes and I'll have a custom pendant or a bangle done for you. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it gives you flexibility you wouldn't have otherwise. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. A lot of people don't realize how quickly they can make their return on investment to right. getting that item. Like I get comments all the time that are like, how did you afford that? Like that is so much money. And it's like, I'm like, well, first off, I put it on a credit card. I couldn't afford it. <laughs> I, put it I put it on a credit card and I just busted my butt making right. as had, much as I could to and you make had a plan the money back. Too. You mm-hmm. had a plan and you just and you went for it. Yeah. I swear mm-hmm. I swear sometimes I mean when you when you when I hear you talk about how you do things, sometimes I feel like I'm hearing myself because that's exactly <laughs> what I did also. I put it on I put it on a firm and I got it in December and by May it was paid off. Mm-hmm. I busted my butt to yeah. pay it off, but it was totally worth it. You got to like, manifest that shit like the sticker. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I got to get a manifest that shit sticker and put it right oh on the blowforge and the CNC, just as a reminder, like, this yeah. is why, this is yeah. the shit you're manifesting right here. <laughs> right here. But there's, um, you know, we always talk about Jason Stapleton. Well, I always talk about Jason Stapleton, but he said a long time ago, he said something right before I got the glowforge, he said something and it just completely transformed my way of thinking about purchasing stuff like the Glowforge and the CNC. And it was, if you, if you know a piece of equipment will increase your productivity and make your business run better, then you're failing your business if you don't buy it. And I was like, damn. Mm-hmm. And I think two days later I bought the Glowforge because I was like, <laughs> I know, I know this is going to make me money. Mm-hmm. I just need to trust what I know and just get it. Mm-hmm. And it was the same with the CNC. It was like, I, I know I can make money with this. I, I know this is going to make money. I just got to figure out what how much I'm willing to risk. And I said, screw it. I risked it all. And it's worked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you know, you, I, you have stuff. You have a lot of stuff that I would look at as, you know, if I was just a hobbyist, I would look at it as, you know, luxury stuff. Like you have the Glowforge and you have the, um, you have the sublimation printer mm-hmm. and all, all this stuff. But you know, for you, for you, and uh, you know, by extension, me, we don't look at these as luxuries. They're just tools. They're mm-hmm. tools to accomplish a task faster and more efficiently. Yeah, like you said, they're employees. <laughs> they're, they're like employees. our little employees. <laughs> I got to say, I got to give a shout out. I got to give a shout out for that because I didn't look at it that way until Ben Neiman, our friend um, from Make for Life Workshop, he. When I was looking for a CNC, I was going to get one called the Shaper. And for those of you that know, the Shaper Origin is basically a computer-controlled router. It's a router with a screen on the top of it, and it does all the things. And I was like, this is perfect because then I don't have to dedicate a whole table to it, blah, blah, blah. And he set me straight like I was getting spanked in a Catholic (laughs) school. And he goes, that is not what you need to be getting. When you get a piece of it, and this is what he said, and he was 100% right. He said, when you get a piece of equipment like that, you're technically hiring an employee. And if you got the shaper, it would do what you wanted to do, but the shaper can't run autonomously. You have to move the machine at, to make it do what it does. So you're going to get this machine that's going to make you more efficient, but it's not going to make you as efficient as a regular CNC because you can let the CNC run and do its thing while you do other things. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and that's a th- and that's not, to, but that's I mean, there's a there's a place for the shaper. Mm-hmm. But it's oh, not totally. not that, it, and I think that's where people get confused with the like. To me, they're two completely one hundred percent different tools, right. right? They're both quote unquote CNCs, I guess, kind of. I mean, yeah. I, I guess I guess they are both considered CNCs, but to me, they're completely different tools. CN, uh, CNC, like you're using, is is a is an employee, right? That's an employee. 
whereas the shaper is is a way of you having precise things by hand right like it's it's a totally different usage and i I think people think about them the wrong way but yeah and 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 you know for stuff like for jewelry particularly with um like stuff that tana and i make jewelry wise right you know i can't imagine doing this without a laser like oh my gosh right there's i mean i know tana you don't use the laser for everything but a a great example is the the motel keychains that you Mm -hmm. make which Mm -hmm. By the way, I'm looking I'm at them little, right now. Actually, I'm a little <laughs> yeah, sad that those. you make you make those because now I feel bad because I want to make them and I don't want to look like I'm ripping <laughs> off your style. No, so, go for it. No. But I just I love them so much. Yeah, and, they're so cool. And I'm like, well, how would you even? Every once in a while, like I'm like, okay, well, clearly I would just design this and do it on the Goldforge, right? Because like, that's my instinct. I load up Adobe Illustrator, sit there for ten minutes, and hash that out, and just run it off. And that's like that's the process. But how would you do it if you didn't have Adobe? Like, how would you even right. do that? I don't even know how you would make that. I guess you could buy keychain blanks and make the make stickers with your Cricut. Mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, like sometimes it just or, yeah. You could like you could like uh, sand etch them. It would be it, yeah, no, totally. But that would be oh, like a horribly ineffective, uh, inefficient way of doing It'd it. Be very right? inefficient. You'd probably yeah. be able to make two pe- two keychains a day if you were <laughs> yeah, lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's but, funny because when I got the Glowforge, I had no idea what SVGs were, and I had only <laughs> I only had Photoshop. And I kid you not, like for the first like two three months, I did not want to pay to get Illustrator. I'm like, <laughs> I will try my hardest to make everything in Photoshop. And if you've seen like the bar acrylic bar necklaces and the bar keychains mm-hmm. like those were my first products because i was using the photoshop rounded rectangle tool <laughs> because you could save those as svgs but i just i caved in eventually it's it having illustrator is a must it's so <laughs> i think you know, you know i was i was talking to somebody about that just this week and i think it was i think it was sam um uh sam wilkinson makes Mm-hmm. Um, I think we were, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was him. We were talking about, you know, how people underestimate the importance of software when you get all these digital fabrication right, right, things right. like, yeah. you know, like the cricket, I mean, to it in its defense, I think design space is literally one of the worst pieces of software in creation, but I don't use it. I literally put something in and say, cut this. Mm-hmm. And it just does what I don't use the features in design space. I find it to be the literal worst piece of oh, software. No, I, I do everything. Workflow. I do everything in either like affinity designer or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, cause I know what, what, it, what will work in the design space. Mm-hmm. And then Which I'll bring very it into, little. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, you have to make it so that like, you know, what's, where it's going to get like blurry or whatever. And then you bring it in there. Yeah. You never do anything in there other no, than, no, 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 other no. than size it. Like that's the only thing you do is make it the size that you need it in there. So yeah. what was really, what was really funny, <laughs> what was really funny is, so I've started playing with procreate as you mm-hmm. both probably know. And now what I'm finding is like, okay, I know illustrator really well. I don't know anything about drawing digitally. Like I know nothing and I've been watching, I've just been obsessively watching Procreate videos so that I could, <laughs> I could learn. I swear, I, so, I, I almost laugh as I say it, but it's so I can make stickers. Like I really want to make my own stickers. I like, I like making stickers. 
And it just feels so funny for me to say that. It's like, dude, you are a 45-year-old <laughs> man, and you want to make cute stickers. What is wrong with you? That's what's in right now. Why do you think I started making stickers? I just, <laughs> I just hired the Fiverr hand-lettering artist. I'm like, I can't miss out on this trend. It does feel – doesn't it feel like – like I know YouTube is really good at making you think that everyone's interested in what you're interested in, and that's usually not the case, and I get it. But doesn't it just feel like – everyone is making stickers stickers yeah, are hot I, actually when when i wanted to start studio vlogging there was no one that made things and and that's the main reason i started studio vlogging every time i looked up like etsy shop owner or etsy office tour it was all sticker shops and planner mm -hmm. sticker uh, shops oh and, my god planner stickers yes mm -hmm. that's another one all planner stickers yeah, oh yeah yeah like, I can't find anyone like actually like making jewelry or or using a laser cutting machine. So that's one of the main reasons I started just because I, I wanted, I don't know, I, I felt like I wanted to be the first or inspire other people that that want to start businesses. And it's like, it doesn't just have to be stickers. Right. True. So I got I have to ask one thing because something you made, something you made a few of recently really stands out to me. Mm -hmm. And it's the... Well, it was the smiley face um, dangle earrings and the flower dangle earrings. Mm -hmm. And they just, it's really funny because they're on, they're on brand in the style, mm -hmm. but they were just so, I don't know, nice. <laughs> like it's, it's like, there's no, like <laughs> there's, there's no potty mouth component to them. And I was very <laughs> surprised by that. I wasn't prepared for that. Um, where did the inspiration for those come from? Was it you just going, not everything has to have potty mouth involved <laughs> or was it, it something else? Just me wanting to be creative. It was actually October. Um, I, I wanted to experiment with some Halloween dangles and kind of have them like a little kind of goth looking just because I felt like a lot of people who like potty mouth kind of like the goth style stuff. So I made probably a big overlap yeah, yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, the Venn diagram. The Venn diagram is very heavily. <laughs> so I made Halloween dangles and I showed making them on my studio vlogs. And then people commented like, oh, I can't wait for the next season of dangles. And I was like, oh crap. Like now they now these people are expecting seasonal dangles so i ended up making christmas dangles i and then in uh february i made valentine's day dangles and then spring came so i kind of just wanted to make something a little more fun springy so i i know it doesn't have swear words on it but it was kind of like that <laughs> expectation of my audience that they just fell in love with the seasonal dangles that i'm trying to keep up with that and it's just nice to do something a little different every month and and kind of get to be more creative because usually my stuff's so minimal that I feel like all I can do is put words on it. So mm -hmm. it's just my time to do experiment. You, so it, it, let's, let's look at that for a second. So do you ever feel like the niche that you've kind of created for yourself has kind of constrained your creativity in any way? Or do you feel like it just forces you to just be even more creative to try to keep things on brand, so to speak? So this year I tried to get off of Etsy a little bit and have my own website just because I've built an audience on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And what I've noticed is that the people who, who follow me, 
already have the stuff that they like from my shop. So there isn't something that keeps them coming back to the shop. And Etsy is always bringing in new customers. So I, I did really well on Etsy always selling the same things because it was always new customers and things would become bestsellers and the people that were buying them were new people or buying it for their friends. But I felt like I, for my own Shopify website, I didn't have anything to keep coming people keep having people come back looking for more things if that makes sense like if you've already had someone shop in your shop like three four times and they got everything they wanted and i'm not making any new things then they're just gonna stop shopping totally and you you've managed to i mean you did matt you have managed to keep your stuff relatively interesting even like the designs don't seem to be i guess the the core of a lot of your designs is what they actually say Mm-hmm. more you know more than anything else so even if you were even if you were kind of in that mood or that mindset you know you could you can come up with something new and be like there's my phrase for the next round of stuff and just crank out a bunch <laughs> of them and be like yep i'm good now <laughs> but then it's like people would be having 20 bracelets on their wrist <laughs> like oh i need that phrase now too <laughs> do you do you do well with repeat repeat business or do cuz i notice you don't do so this is another thing I've noticed, and I think it's maybe just because it's the people I'm following. There's more of an art vibe to the people I'm following lately. But do you notice more people are doing like these big, elaborate shop drops now? Like it's it's like a thing where it's like, oh, I'm updating my shop on April 10th, and it's going to have this, it's going to have this, it's going to have this, and that's when I'm updating my shop. And then they no, they don't update their shop for like another month. I don't do you you don't really do that, though. I, I kind of wanted to lean towards that just because I or I, I at least started to think that I was getting tired of the made to order stuff. Because when I started on Etsy, I would never pre make anything because I have I'm like, I have all the stainless steel I need all the acrylic, the wood, all the stuff for the Glowforge I need, I'm just gonna make it as a as, as I go, so that I'm not wasting materials. And during the holiday, the rest of the year is fine. But during the holiday season, when you're really getting a bunch of orders, and then you're like, crap, I have to make like, like 50 things today, it gets really <laughs> overwhelming. <laughs> totally. So I'm like, maybe I'm just going to pre-make stuff and then do shop updates because mm-hmm. I, I think it started with potters and ceramicists because that's kind of how they have to work because right. they need to make the pots before they can sell them because you can't really make to order pots because there's so many steps in the process of making them that that it might not turn out the way the customer expected or it can break or the glaze issues or you know the, the it's super complicated so I think that's where the shop drop started and I wanted to head in that direction to alleviate some stress but it's been a few months of doing that and I, I think I might just switch back I, there's something about knowing that you have a person waiting for you to make something that gives you a little more motivation <laughs> <laughs> like if you're doing a monthly shop update I feel like you kind of spend two weeks not working as hard as you could have been working. Mm. without those orders already there that's interesting i hadn't even thought of it that way like you might want to slack off a little bit because yeah, <laughs> nobody's waiting for this it's like when it comes when it drops that's when it's new and everybody will be happy with it then yeah it's just when you look at other businesses that are doing the shop drops and then they're selling out in like 10 minutes and it's oh just like whoa like doesn't it aggravate I you, that. <laughs> Does it aggravate you? I, I i use i i use i keep using bailey J as an example because she's a really good example of stuff like that but she did um 
she just did her last shop drop, which was really the the, the beginning of March, mm-hmm. and she did. She had something like seventeen. I think it was seventeen hundred orders in like two days. Oh my gosh! And I'm like, oh wow! And she's like doing these. She does. She her her studio vlogs are were ninety percent her just standing in front of her counter, just packing orders and talking, <laughs> rambling she, on. She's camera. awesome. She subscribed to me on YouTube, and I totally fangirled. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> no, I, would die. I would die. I love her. I think she's fantastic. I feel like I feel like she's one of those people. Like if we had her on, we would have just a totally chill conversation right. because she just seems like a. She likes to talk, <laughs> <laughs> and I love that about her. Like she's she's. I know she's chatty. But I could just sit there and listen to her chat. And one of the nice things about people that do that, by the way, is you don't have to be watching the screen when they're talking. Mm-hmm. You could just you can kind of do your own thing, eat your breakfast, have your cup of coffee, just sit there, chill, pet your cat, and listen to someone chat. And it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of nice. But um, yeah, how did you know? I think the last thing I really wanted to ask you, and it's really more of a, is this the case as well as when did it happen? But when did you realize that you had an actual business in hand? Because I know a lot of people that make stuff, but they don't feel like they have a business. They feel like they have a hobby that can occasionally produce a few pocket dollars, right? Mm-hmm. Or or did you go into it being like, I need this, I want this to be a business. And right, was, right. right. And that's kind of right. where I was, yeah, yeah, that's exactly, see, this is why Sorry. Ethan and I are co-hosts. <laughs> Ethan, Ethan reads my mind. But that's what I was kind of wondering, like, when did you realize it was a business? Did you start out saying this is going to be a business? Or did it just go, this, you start out as like, oh, I'm just going to make a few extra bucks. And then, whoa, this is legit. Like, when did it all, how did it all come together? So when I started my Etsy shop, it that's when it felt like a hobby. I didn't have any sales yet. But as soon as I got my first sale, I was like, okay, this is a business. So it happened pretty immediately just because once money gets involved, I, I just felt like I had to whip out my professionality and I got <laughs> business cards right away and and set up my website and, and I, I don't know, I think it clicked right away because some people... They they want to wait until it starts getting bigger to invest in like business cards or design thank you cards or their packaging and their branding. But I pretty much wanted everything to look good as soon as possible. The main mm-hmm. reason being that that Etsy is scary. Like when you get a sale on Etsy and it's your first sale, if you get a bad review, like it's over. Like (laughs) like Amazon, like if you see something with one star, people aren't going to buy your stuff. So I think I was just so like terrified of getting a bad review that I just tried to make everything look as professional as possible right away. Mm Mm-hmm. So you did do you did do a very good job of that, by the way. Like, I, you know, I, I can only tell, obviously, from what I've seen in your vlogs, but your packaging is really I mean, it's, you know, as a guy who makes pa- product packaging for a living, <laughs> got to say, your stuff is beautiful. I mean, you you yeah. do a nice job. The whole thing, the whole presentation. Well, we always really talk nice. about packaging, Vincent, right? And I think I think you do it better than I've seen almost anyone like your your packaging with your the stickers and the uh, the pouches and the cloths that come with it, all that is just like so on brand and perfect. Yeah, and the the thing that caught my eye the most is when I the first time I saw one of your vlogs when you were doing the um, when you were packaging up your bracelets, you were wearing rubber gloves, so there were no fingerprints yeah. that you had to clean yeah. up. I'm like, yeah, that's freaking brilliant. I never brilliant. thought to wear gloves when I make jewelry. Like, 
I, how did I not think to do that? Like, that's <laughs> such a great idea. When I put mine away, I'm always holding them with polishing cloths for the same reason to not get fingerprints on them. <laughs> so it's it's funny how you think of these things, right? Like you 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 do these, they become the process, right? It becomes the process. Like, oh, I'm I'm gonna start packaging up some bracelets and you put on rubber gloves. Like you don't even think about it. It's like, oh yep, rubber glove time, rubber glove time, <laughs> we're good. It's it's really funny. It was such a good idea. And I was like, why haven't I thought of that already? But that's why, that's why, but that's what's great about, I think that's what I like about watching people's studio slash shop vlogs is there's always a little bit of information in there that you didn't have before. Mm -hmm. they're, they're way more than just like something, they're more than just like, some people see them as content filler, but I don't, I don't think they are. I really don't. I think for the ones that are fine, just don't watch them. But there are some people like you um bailey j katie Mai is another one if um anyone follows katie katie's studio vlogs are fantastic she is a super talented artist yeah i think and i've she, seen a few of hers yeah. oh she's she's just fantastic like in every conceivable way i absolutely adore that woman she does incredible art and her studio vlogs are just so fun and engaging and I almost, I, I, it almost makes you want to watch Criminal Minds because that's what she does. Like, she, no matter what she's doing, she has either an iPad or if, if it's her <laughs> laptop, she has a tiny little window with Criminal Minds. It's always Criminal Minds, always <laughs> Criminal Minds, all the time. And I'm like, that's that's just a vibe right there. I like it. <laughs> I am so bad at that. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know that people working and watching TV or or YouTube videos or listening to music <laughs> was a thing because I get distracted so easily. Like, oh, really? I, yeah. My, I was, I was in band growing up and marching band. I'm such a music geek or band geek, and and whenever I'm listening to music, I'm just, I'm. I start paying attention to the notes and how oh, beautiful boy. it sounds and like the, especially classical music. I'm like, nope, I can't do it. I, I feel like I have to stop and close my eyes and just <laughs> listen. I'm like, I have to work in complete silence. I think wow. when I was painting those flower dangles and listening to your podcast, that's probably the only time that I could like zone out from what <laughs> I was physically doing and actually listen because I just find it difficult. <laughs> <laughs> I love, I love, by the way, that we will always be the only one for you. Like, it's just, <laughs> we're special that way. <laughs> I know. I remember one of my favorite, one of my favorite parts of our conversations were the when I mentioned, oh yeah, I meant, uh, you're going to get a mention on the podcast just so you know. And you're like, what? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Why are you mentioning me? Stop. <laughs> but it was it was really funny because I knew like when when I saw your first when I saw your first vlog I was like yeah this is the kind of you're the kind of person we like to I mean you have everything you're doing everything right you've got a really good YouTube channel that's doing really well you have 15 you just crossed 15,000 subs awesome. which is Congrats. which is Thank really you. fantastic That's awesome yeah well deserved super yep. well deserved yeah um, you clearly put a lot of effort into your studio vlogs you you put actual content in your studio vlogs your Instagram is a great follow. Your stories are a great follow. I mean, you're just, I don't know, you're making effort. You're making the rest of us look bad, to be honest. <laughs> you're just kind of nailing no, it all no. over the place. And it's like, this is, it's just so cool to see someone who gets it and like is approachable and is kind. And, you know, it's, I always feel weird reaching out to people randomly. It's like, 
I, I don't want to feel creepy. It's like, you know, I, I know, I know it's not creepy because I have a podcast. And if mm-hmm. I ask people if they want to be a guest on the podcast, it's not me being creepy, but I always worry. I don't know. I just, I have this complete and total insecurity about reaching out to people. And when you reach out to someone and then they're really nice and you actually like chatting with them and it's like, oh, wow, this is kind of cool. I almost made a friend here. This is really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure everyone you reach out to is honored. Like, I, I, I can't uh, even believe I'm on a oh. podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is it is your first. And again, there's no one who can take that away from us. So we are your first podcast. No one else will ever be yes. your first podcast. <laughs> 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 so seeing as you are our guest this week, um, and we always let our guests go first, uh it's time for things of the week and i am dying to know what your thing of the week is oh gosh i feel like it's not that great (laughs) i I spent like you should have heard some of mine all (laughs) some of mine have been real duds (laughs) let me just tell you we've had oots cheese balls as a thing of the week no that that's one of the best ones (laughs) it's it's one of the most delicious ones if nothing else (laughs) (laughs) So, so I, I don't know if you could tell in my studio vlogs, but I'm trying to incorporate more plants. I think in 2020, everyone has tried to become a plant parent just because we're home a lot more. Yes. And, yeah. and you know, want to Wait, feel is, like we're out in nature too. <laughs> is that what it means when they say plant parenthood? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I've been confused all this time. Why is everyone getting so mad? <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. I can't help it. Dad jokes are my thing. <laughs> that <would be> perfect. <laughs> but um, so one of the most common ways to kill your plant is by overwatering them. So on YouTube, I came across this girl, um, Classy Casita, and she was showing how she takes care of her plants because she her apartment looks like a jungle. She's got a bunch of plants. She actually came out with a product which she sells on Amazon FBA and it's just a plant uh, moisture meter. So mm-hmm. that's my favorite thing. So oh, you just so put cool. that in the plant and then on the back of the packaging, it just has um, uh, like the level, the number that each plant should be at before you water the plant. So you just stick the moisture meter into the soil and if it's at the number that it's supposed to be um, when it needs watering then you just go ahead and water it so I just feel like that's going to make me a much better plant parent and hopefully not kill my plants because I have killed a fiddle leaf fig from overwatering (laughs) before you you have like so this is going to be my favorite thing of the week because I am I have no idea why I can't keep plants alive. Like I'm, I'm horrible <laughs> at it. Man. Like you have no idea. I, I mean, I even made a um, self-watering plant stand, which it, it, you still have to water, you still have to put water in it. But like my, the whole thing was like, the, at least the plant can kind of pick how much water it wants. Mm-hmm. And that's the only plant. It, actually, everyone that's wondering, it, the plant is still alive. Um, <laughs> it, but that's the only plant I've ever kept alive more than like, like maybe three months. It, oh, it's wow. I know, and I, but I think it, I think that's exactly it. I think I overwater it mm-hmm. or underwater it. Like I never know how much to water a plant. So yeah, that's really really cool. That's awesome. 
Yeah. I, I saw that video on your channel. It's like one of the most viewed videos. Too. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, it, it, it was funny. I it need, is it, his most viewed video. It is. It is my most viewed video. Also, my most controversial video, which is part, also why. Um, but yeah, no. What's funny is on the podcast before I dropped that, I said, this is going to be, you know, this is not going to be my, you know, game changer video. It's just going to be another video oh that I God. put out. And then everyone. The, yeah. I think it's the only time in the history of this podcast where I played a recording of you saying something on the following episode just to say, Welp. <laughs> That's yeah, how just, it always happens. Oh, the least expected video. So but I think, yes. Ethan, the trick is to just say that this video is going to yeah, yeah, suck exactly. and no one's going to watch it. <laughs> exactly. And all of a sudden it blows up. Yeah, exactly. No, but yeah, you know what, though? I, I will say, though, that plant is thriving. It is amazing. I do have to fill that uh, once a week. Um, and you know what's interesting? Sorry, I don't think anyone's interested in this, but um, <laughs> what I'm going to tell you guys anyways. Um, what's interesting, so I had the, the synthetic threads that went down into the thing, and mm-hmm. uh, the plant has now actually put its own threads down, and the roots are now have crawled through the thing and are now down into the water chamber. Oh, wow. Yeah, and it's 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 thriving. It's like, literally, like I'm not even joking. I'm, I'm not being tongue-in-cheek. I've never kept a plant like I've never had a plant that's thrived <laughs> this much. This plant that's is awesome. like loving life. And it's it's I, I think I need, actually need to move it to a bigger pot. This is a further thumb in the eye to anyone that gave you crap about that planter, by the way. Yeah. The damn oh, no, thing it's, it's, works. <laughs> uh, but that's it's, it's it's that's the Reddit gold right there. Reddit people love. There's a lot of oh, was it bot, botan, botanists mm-hmm. on Reddit, apparently. Oh yeah. Well, there's a lot of everything on Reddit. And usually yes, it's yes. an expert and usually you're not the one. So it's Yeah, yeah. And, and actually there's actually zero experts on Reddit, but everyone thinks they're experts on Reddit. So By yeah. the way, I'm looking at Classy Casita's website. My god, is her website beautiful. <laughs> Holy crap. Her okay, yeah. I'm I'm by the way, you should I, see I, her space. Her her apartment is just as beautiful. It's I, unbelievable. Yeah, you got it. You're gonna have to make sure you get all this on the show notes. Oh yeah, this will be this will definitely be in the show notes. And I see Monstera, so I'm already I'm already cool with her. Like if you have Monstera, we're cool. <laughs> <laughs> we're very cool. This is that's a good recommendation. Yeah, see, that's awesome. Yeah, you, you came in like you came in like a pro. You came awesome. In awesome. <laughs> so. So I have a confession. I didn't have a thing of the week this week. And then right before we recorded, and that's the reason I was a little bit later than I usually am. Um, Stuff Made Here dropped a new video today. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, well, that's all it takes for me to come up with the thing of the yeah. week is just look at what he did this week. Um, He made. Okay, so I, let's take you back all the way back to August. August of 2020. Way back when we did the Enlighten Us Challenge. And Bernie Solo, friend of the show, friend of mine, friend of Ethan's, Mm -hmm. came up with a CNC-controlled circular saw. And it was one of the coolest damn things anyone ever saw. In fact, that's one of the reasons he won, was because his process for making the thing he made for the challenge was so amazing that it was like, okay, it, he just broke the challenge. Like, he just, it was and like. Can we just say also, I'm so, like, he's been back and I'm so happy that mm-hmm. Bernie's been posting. And yeah, I, yep, I just love, him I love his, Bernie so much. His stuff is amazing. So, yep. Seeing him in his stories again was really nice. Right. It was really so good nice. to see. Yep. And he, he killed it, right? He, yep. he, he set a standard for people to do cool things for the challenge. So, 
our good friend at Stuff Made here, I think his name is Shane. Pretty sure his name is Shane. Um, he did a robot arm controlled chainsaw. It's like, are you out of your damn it's mind? It, it's insane. Well, and I love that he's changed. He's changed. So that was one day ago. He's changed the thumbnail at least two times. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I love it. I think this is the. I think this is the winner that he has now. Yeah. I th- yeah. <clears throat> this and I also think that this video. Mm-hmm. I mean, not to say that his videos don't take off. I mean, he averages two to three million views a video. Right. This is at one point two million. This at is the one, moment. This right. is slow. This is one point two. Right. For, he gets. Let's see. He's got a ten million. He's got an eighteen million. Oh, he's, man. Yeah, he's 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 killing it. The uh, thumbnail says what could go wrong. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. What could go wrong? <laughs> it's so brilliant. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what because uh, I, I I saw the other two thumbnail. I think it was two thumbnails. But yeah, this is like this is a perfect. This is a good YouTube, one. Especially this for you. what could go wrong, right? Go it just wrong. makes you little arrow, right. <laughs> little arrow point to get the chainsaw. chainsaw. And then there's like a dog, like, and no one knows that it's a dog carving until they read the, yeah. yeah. One of the perfect. things I love, one of the things I love so much about this video, and there's so much to love in his videos in general, but one of the things I love about this video is he, he really does show off what an engineer he actually is. Right, right, right. Because there's a couple of times where he'll say, <laughs> he said something in the video and I'm like, I didn't even think of that. Like there was one point where he said like, you can't just, move the chainsaw this way because if you move it back you could end up just cutting off the robot arm and i'm like oh yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah this is um yeah that that's a problem like how do you even account for that like he thought and i know it his stuff never works on the first try which is fine he readily admits it it's part of his he does a lot part of, of the process i think it's also part of his i mean not shtick but like it's part of his well, it's part of the entertainment value right, right? if everything right. worked on the first try it wouldn't be a great channel mm-hmm. to watch but i what i love about it is like he gets so close mm-hmm. on the first try. Right. It's almost aggravating. It's like <laughs> you thought of freaking everything. It just didn't work. Like right. and this video is just so good. And what the final product that he ends up with, I can't wait to see. I know he insinuated that there will be a part two of this where he actually does a log. Mm-hmm. Um, I really can't wait to see it because I'm very curious to see if he find how he's able to fine tune this thing to do carvings robotically like crazy oh. yeah, yeah so bernie um since he did that i think then the only the logical conclusion is you have to do this with like a laser and you have <laughs> to start like laser cutting giant things in 3d something like that i don't know but yeah so that's my thing of the week the video is called making a long making a log carving robot it's by stuff made here and of course i will have that link in the show notes so one one of my favorite things, so I'm looking at my YouTube subscriber page right now, and that is in the bottom right hand corner of my screen. Mm-hmm. And then I go two over. So there's uh um Emmett from Dead Rise Woodcrafts, and then Morley, and then Lex next to that is Laura Kampf. And she ha- it's the beer keg uh and gas grill. Uh, mm-hmm. uh what ha- how do you say it? Gyros? Gyros? Yep. Whatever. Well, it's Kebab. technically gyros. Gyros. <laughs> um, but the, it's so funny because she's like carving the the meat with a knife. And it's like exactly the same angle as the the chainsaw. <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's so funny. I, it's only funny to me because I can see it. So I'm, but I'm going to tell you guys anyway. So. Oh, that's Anyways. amazing. So if he could make this robot right. gyro meat. Yes. Whoa. Yes. We're and that's much here. better than cutting out dogs out of logs. Exactly. I'd much rather have a good gyro. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. <laughs> oh, so funny. 
<clears throat> Mr. Carter, I do believe it is your turn for the. All right, thing my of thing week. of the week, and anyone that saw well, so if anyone's listening on Wednesday and they saw my stories on Monday, you're probably not going to be surprised. My thing of the week is Jeremy Meadows of Meadows Woodshop. I had it written down, by the way, before you said it. I yeah, knew I, what you were going to say was your thing of the week. I just read your mind. Yeah, absolutely, it, it it's a no brainer. Um, so well, first of all, so Jeremy sent me. So all right. Jeremy Meadows is, um, he's, he is a full-time maker. I mean, he's a full-time maker, but he's, I mean, he's in a, a true like production house. He has industrial lasers and stuff like that. And he does a ton of work. He lives right in the bourbon, bourbon mile in Kentucky. So he's like right between all the, uh, makers mark and, um, what, uh, I don't know all the, uh, I'm, I can't believe I'm blanking on bourbon names. I'm usually really good at, but, uh, but there's mark. a, yeah, it's the only one I mark. know off the yeah. top of my head anyway. <laughs> yep. Um, but there, he does a ton of work for them uh, as commission work for uh, either displays for their uh, distilleries or like uh, um, goods for their gift shops and stuff like that. So he does a ton of those types of things. So he does a ton of things with um, bourbon barrels and stuff like that. Uh, and he has, he's, but beyond that, he's also like a really, really fantastic woodworker and um designer and all those things he can he's one of these he can do anything kind of people um but anyways he's not it's funny because he's not huge on the content creation or in the like posting and stuff i think the last time he posted on instagram was like months ago um but he is super super connected to this community and he's just really 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 supportive and super nice guy so all of that to be said he also just this week sent me a bourbon barrel top with my logo laser engraved in it. And Vincent, you know, that's, I mean, that's so up my alley. I'm just like mm-hmm. beyond, I'm speechless. Uh, it's so thoughtful. Um, I'm just, I just, I, I just can't stop. I'm like, I, I got it. It arrived on Saturday, I think. And I've been smiling since then. Um, but so I'm super thankful for that. But my shout out goes to him because he is just such a good person and such an awesome guy. Um, and, and he just supports all of this community without wanting anything. I mean, I think that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say is that he's not, he's not trying to build his social media uh, prowess, you know, like he's not trying to build himself up. He's just supportive because he's supportive and, uh, and he's just a really, really good guy. And yeah, and he does amazing work. So I just, I, I just think people should know more about him and support him and uh, and really appreciate what he does and what he brings to this community. So cool. That is, yeah. yeah, that I when you held it up in your stories, I was like, wow, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. As a Glowforge owner, anytime I see something bigger than 20 <laughs> yeah, by yeah, 11, yeah. I'm just like, whoa, I need a bigger laser. <laughs> well, and, and I'm just I'm. It, well, so yeah, I mean, so if you guys, li- anyone that li- listens to We Built a Thing, which we've talked about, uh, We Built a Thing podcast, they talk, Jeremy's best friends with all of those guys, and mm-hmm. he's a resource for all of them. And um, Mark just got a big laser, and he's a big resource for them. But yeah, it's just, he's just such a good guy. And well, and that's the other thing, too, is I was legit- legitimately surprised. I had zero idea that it was coming. And I got this huge package on Saturday, and it just, it's just... It's it's so nice to be surprised like that. So so you see the return address, and in your mind you're going, no, he didn't. Well, so you... <laughs> well, so I, I I actually texted him this back, and and Bruce, 
Oh, this is late for a Bruce mention. But it is late for a Bruce mention. But, but I, I texted him back, and I, literally probably about two months ago, I, I texted Bruce, and I was like, I want to send Jeremy something. I want to surprise Jeremy with something. Like, what what could I make him that he'd actually, you know, could use or whatever? And we went back and forth. And then I sat on that for until now. And then he beat me to the surprise. I don't think, and he had no idea that I was going to do that. So I'm just, I'm like, I also was like, damn it, Jeremy, you beat me to it. Now, now it looks like I'm doing this because I want to, you know, want to. This went from a gift to a thank you, you bastard. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So I, it was on my radar. Yeah. And, and Jeremy just texted back. He said, uh, well, it looks like I won something that neither of us knew we were competing on. So, <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. But yes, thank you, Jeremy, and and yeah, check him out. And it's, it's 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 awesome. It's just one of those things where let's all remember how important the community is and how great it is to have friends in this community. So, hundred oh, percent. That's so I, awesome. I get reminded of that. I get reminded of that quite often. And anytime I feel like I might be forgetting, it's funny mm-hmm. how somebody will just swoop mm-hmm. in and remind me that hey. We're still here and we're still some cool people. So, right. right. Speaking of cool people, the cool people we have to thank because we thank them every week are the people yep. who uh, pay to make this show happen. And I'm just going to read off a couple of names here um, Leanne and Nick from Hemlock and Hyde, Dave from Atomic Airship Works, Emily Joyce, Ed from Ed's Clocks and More, Rory from RLL Woodworks, Chris from Full Steam Designs, Jeff Stein, AKA a weird guy. Debbie Haddock and Jerry Hyduke. See, I got them. I get them correct now. I'm so proud of myself. <laughs> Joey from JH Custom Woodcraft, Dean Duplantis, Jacob Anguiano from Native Sun Wood Art, Robert J. Keller, Scott from Dad It Yourself DIY, the one and only Grant Alexander, who we didn't mention this week. Sorry, Grant. You're gonna. The streak is broken. Uh, Tony Langer from Langer Works, Jacob from Other Dog Designs, Jake from IMakeJake.com, Al Schultz from New York Woodworks, and Justin Ofler. F- also known as Bear Make It. Thank you so much, guys. We really appreciate it. Um, should, I ma- you- should I mention Grant right now just so that he has to listen all the way to the end? To oh, that would be his- awesome. Yeah, and then, so if, then I just like to I just like to mention Grant Ale- the Grant <laughs> Alexander. Um, go check him out on Instagram. All right, yeah. Thanks. And by the way, um, I noticed I noticed he talked on this week's episode of Clamp about his. My, see, we are talking about him, but he mentioned his miter saw station thing that yes. he did. I actually and really like that. I, yeah. I got to tell you, it's the I've seen variations on that a lot of different times. Did you? Did I, you? Are you reading my comment that I left on it? Because I said the exact no. same thing. No, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, great. keep going. Sorry. Um, no, it's great. Just, again, you read my mind. But I think what I like about his is how freaking simple it is. And yes. In fact, as soon as I watched the video, I have sacrificial fences on my miter saw. And I have them all the way out to 24 inches on both sides because that's about as long as I ever cut on the miter saw. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking I'm going to do something similar to his stop blocks because I think it's a brilliant idea. And then the second stop block with the longer reach to get to the blade, I was like, that is freaking brilliant. So yeah, Grant, you blew my mind. Acce- it was a very accessible and a really nice design too. Yep. And that's why that video is done so well for you, buddy, because it's a damn good video. So you did a Great job on it. Tana, um, hey. the, question, the question I have to ask now, and this is usually one of the qu- last questions we ask people, but what is next for Tana, for Potty Mouth Jewelry, for the whole thing? What What's coming? Anything big in the works? Anything big you're working on? Or um, In 
May or June, I finally had a, my first brand offer to do a sponsorship on my wow. channel. And it's, <laughs> it's from a, a tool that I use all the time. I guess I'm not allowed to say I haven't signed anything yet. Nope, don't. <laughs> yeah, that's you, awesome, though. That's, that that, is and that's the best way, though. Yes. Right. Yeah, so I'm super excited about oh, that. I'm super and, excited for you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, I'm hoping to be able to grow the channel a little more and 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 make more passive income because I feel like I have been uh, busting my butt making orders. <laughs> Grinding away, right? That active income is getting in the way of your passive income. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, um, and during the holidays, I really like doing ornaments, and those are usually my bestseller for my other brand. Um because I do like engagement and wedding ornaments mm -hmm. and first Christmases mm -hmm. together and stuff like that. Um, and now that I have my laser machine, I have the pro and it's capable of running all day. So I really want to take advantage of that and make some wooden ornaments. And I'm hoping to be able to send a bunch to Amazon Handmade FBA. So mm. that's what I'll be testing out next. That's going to be freaking awesome. That is going to be so, so, so awesome. And especially, <laughs> especially once you get it once you get it to fba and you don't have to think about it anymore mm -hmm. oh, it's the best you just sit back and let the money roll in <laughs> yeah, exactly so i'm just trying to learn how to make more passive income and you know prevent burnout so i think i think you should just be a podcast host i'm sure you <laughs> i'm sure you and nick could do a podcast and everybody would listen yeah, I, I try to get him on the channel here and there. And <laughs> the, the stand up desk, the stand up desk video was so good. He was just so annoyed from the time he <laughs> sat down. It's just so, good. so dramatic, just like throwing the box. It's just funny because like he's dramatic and like throwing the boxes, and he's trying to move them out of the way, and it ends up in the exact same spot it was. It's That's like so if you funny. if you would just calm down and act like a big boy and just place, <laughs> place it where you want it, then you'll be more effective that. Way. <laughs> it was funny because after he got all frustrated was throwing everything around you just kind of swooped as like look all you have to do is take it out of the room and it's out of your way it's amazing it's like magic <laughs> i love him though he had some fun i'm i'm the more chill one so i like when he's in the videos making stuff a little more goofy totally. that's awesome tana it has been an absolute pleasure Absolutely. having you on the podcast as i i've enjoyed talking to you even more than i already knew i would and that's pretty freaking cool so Oh, thank you so much for having me and for asking me to be on. It's still so surreal. Like I'm afraid to even listen back to this. Oh my gosh, you're going. It's been. It was amazing. I I yeah. still can't believe this is your first podcast. That's amazing. Thank you're going to be you. so surprised at how good you came off. Believe me. I, yeah. I so well. <laughs> so no, thank you. We will uh, obviously we'll have all of Tana's links in the in the show notes. Um, I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will be back again next week. We do have, we have guests lined up for the next couple of weeks. And like I promised, we had a bunch and I'm not going to say who, but we have a little bit of a surprise. A very big name has said they will be on the podcast. Mm -hmm. um, because I actually just honestly told them why I hadn't asked so far. And they were like, now oh, come on. I'm like, all right, cool. Wait, Vincey, you have me on every week. Why what are you oh, yeah, talking right. about? Well, the other person <laughs> other I big to be name. Really okay, honest right. with the other big name who's not <laughs> Ethan Carter designs, Mr. 
thousands and thousands of people on Instagram. I'm the small fry <laughs> in this group. Y'all are real popular and I'm just an up and comer. But I get to say I'm the host of the podcast. Yeah, so. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, everybody. Enjoy the week. And we will be back again next week. Have a good one, everybody. Thank you.